ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and with me today is another special guest. Her name is Janine Bolin. And Janine, I'm just going to say um, welcome to the show first. And uh, we are on audio, so please say hello. Well, it's wonderful to be here, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to chat with you again. I looked at your roster of people that you've had on before me, and I'm like, wow, cool. I'm with these people. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Janice. Oh, you're very welcome. And here's why you're one of those people. I want to tell my audience a little bit about you because I find everything fascinating. Um, and first, that and this is, I've been thinking about this actually um, for the last couple of days, knowing that I was going to interview you, that you are in my mind that left brain um, thinker who also is a creative because what you shared with me was that you have loved figuring out how things work always. Mm -hmm. You're a scientist from the beginning and craved to dig into the mysteries of life and understanding why things are the way they are. After working in the pharmaceutical industry for over 15 years, Janine dropped out of corporate America, how many of us did that, to homeschool for children. I didn't do that, but I taught school for many years. And so I know what that's all about. And doing four children of your own it must be, it would have been exhausting for me. Anyway, um, you always, though, had a side business and shared with other solopreneurs and business owners how to manage a well-lived life of children, family, friends, and clients while not suffering from burnout. Her, your four-hour-a-week system kept new clients coming in while you managed the clients you already have. And you, this is also amazing here to me. Janine is the author of nine books and produces four podcast programs, the latest of which is The Thriving Solopreneur. And it's going to be my uh, goal to get on that podcast, I think, one day, because I love the idea. So... A lot of things in your world. I know that you were a financial um, literacy person, or correct me in how to say that, but that financial um, independence was one of those things that you teach. And I'm, I think you still do. Is that correct? Yes, I do. And I used to call myself a financial coach. And then I, I started moving into financial literacy, like you said, as times changed, I've been doing that for almost a straight 30 years. So I've seen a lot change in that period of time. But that was my core. And I did that totally as a philanthropic event. I did not run that as a business, like really working on the profit margin. I always just wanted to make, make enough money at it so I could write the next book. So literally, I was running the business so I could write the next book. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got started with that. Because I had learned all this stuff by certain ways. And I wasn't a certified financial planner. I wasn't a CPA. I had no authority other than I was doing well financially. And I wanted to teach as many people as I could about that. Um, yeah. And, and isn't that interesting too? That makes me think of so many people today, you know, calling themselves coaches and, and even trainers that, you know, they don't have the, um, 
the letters after their name. But in, um, I always feel like when people say, are you a coach? Like I do LinkedIn training. I say, no, I'm a trainer. I'm a teacher by trade. And I do have a degree in education, but that's never been the thing. I now think it's about having wisdom. <laughs> and, and that's more important than anything, just having that wisdom under your belt from the years of, of working in a certain place or a certain field. Um, so I want to dig into your topic or your title, the thriving solopreneur, because that's a lot of my audience. And what would you say the, the key thing to thrive as a solopreneur is? Uh, stop working for the money. Okay. That's the, the number one. Number two, right behind that is before you ever start a business as a solopreneur, make sure you have a super strong vision of what is the ideal life that you want to have. And we hear that all the time. That is nothing new. What is your perfect life? What's your ideal life? Create your vision board. Some people have turned to me and said, oh my gosh, Janine, if you say this to me one more time, I'm going to puke, you know, and I'm like, I don't know how else to get you there. You know, I don't care if it's triggering you and you want to throw, you know, what you're eating at me or toss coffee in my face. You know, the thing is, it's true. If you don't know what you want and you have a crystal clear vision, not on how you're going to get there. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the life I want is I want a bungalow on the beach in Jamaica. Let's just say now, see, it was very specific. I had location. I had where I wanted to be. I also said in that word bungalow, which means not a high rise, not an estate, we're talking thatched roof kind of area, right? Maybe a dirt floor. I don't know if you're a surfer, you really don't care at that point. So what my point is, is that crystal clear vision on what is your perfect life. And so when people say, well, why should I even hire you, Janine? I said, because I'm living my perfect life and I can help you get there. And they just look at me like they're waiting for the joke. No joke. No joke. I'm living my perfect life. Now, is my my life perfect? No, but I am living the vision that I had for myself and my four children that I created in 2015. I remember that vision board. I remember the life event I was going through that was highly, highly traumatic. And I remember everything as I was making those choices, it was like, I'm going to do this my way. And I'm going to do it without working for the money. I'm going to work because I want to move toward that perfect life, not because I'm trying to make money. That's great advice. Uh, I, I, it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, so do you mind if I ask you, first of all, how old were your kids at that time? You have four kids. Two thousand. Right, I have four. Yeah. So how old are um, they now? That's even that's easier. Yeah, I I uh, at the time they were in. I had one that was just leaving middle school. That was my youngest. I had one that had graduated college, and I had two in high school. So that okay. kind of lets you know at what stages they were in. Mm -hmm. All critical. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, because as you know, as a teacher, uh, high schoolers need you on, at an emotional level uh, in a way that is totally different from when they were in middle school when they wanted nothing to do with you because they knew it all. But by the time they hit that junior, senior year, all of a sudden, mom's looking pretty good because she seems to know a thing or two if I'm going to move forward with college. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's interesting, too. And I bet every single one of those children 
had their had a different personality and a different way of doing things and it was never like the one before so yeah so it's always a, a learning experience for you as a mother as well for sure um, well you're a teacher you never had identical 23 students in a classroom or 25 whatever oh. you had they were all different they all learned in a different way <laughs> but you know what when i first started teaching i was 21 and i finished university, I was 21, I got a job teaching um, second graders, there were 36 kids in my class, this was a long time ago. And here I was in, in, um, with the care of 30 or 36 uh, families, pride and joy, but I didn't get that then because I was only 21. And I, I was married, but I didn't have any kids. And I shouldn't have been married, I was too young. And it was just a, a real learning experience for me. And when I became a parent, I had it, the light went on, a whole different type of, of how I looked at those children was completely different. So anyway, um, I digress. So we, we call that growth, that's called growth. <laughs> well well we done, do. gold we star. Do. But yeah. now I'm a grandmother and I'm looking at ways to automatically teach my grandchild because that's what i do i'm a teacher at heart that's everything i do anyway uh this is about you and i'm, I'm i want to know you were in crisis you said or that in a very difficult time were you going through something um personally or professionally uh in 2015 when you switched to your own uh, doing your yes own i had uh i had three major life events that happened all at once oh my goodness i uh my 30-year marriage to my college sweetheart was closing. I had a medical condition that I was told I had six months to live. They were, I misdiagnosed, I was misdiagnosed, but that was what was in my head. And um, I knew that I could not stay in Ohio where we were. So I was going to be taking my children and moving to Colorado where I am now based, because I knew that's where I needed to be. And that's where my perfect life was going to happen. So yes, I was a force to be reckoned with. I was um, single-minded. I was very narrowly focused and I had laser thinking and I really didn't give a care about what anybody else thought or what they uh, tried to coach me on. I knew what I needed to do. I knew where I needed to go and I was going to make it happen no matter what anyone else said. And that kind of determination moves mountains mama bear at her best right yes it's at your best i don't want to make it sound like i was harsh or ugly to people yeah. i would be very kind i would listen and then i'd say thank you so much for caring about me and i appreciate your advice but i will be doing this my way and i had an attorney that would just like want to pull her hair out <laughs> because i was like no I am not going to destroy this man nor the estate that he and I have built up over 30 years. How can we do this that is legal and is ethical and is uh, in the best interest of the taxes? And so there was a lot of uh, give and take at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I know it's not easy. And so um, to move from that and, and have you know written all these books, you have successful podcast business along with your financial business and so on. Um, one of the things that that um, I know you and I are both affiliates in a, in a network marketing company and the same one, and 
Uh, I love your approach to, to that kind of business because I think you, you said, there's a statement here that you, um, I think, talk about in your book, The Thriving Solopreneur, that, well, there's two things, but the first one I want to talk about is the statement you make, you don't need high-tech email sequencing to do follow-up, you just need a phone. And that was like music to my ears. However, I want to hear more about that because everybody and anybody says you have to have an email sequencing follow-up for whatever it is that you do, and nobody answers their phone. So talk to me about that because I love that. I pick up the phone before I do anything else. Right, right. It It's generational. And so as long as you know that it's generational. Now, uh, for somebody like yourself, I know I can pick up the phone and call you. And if you're busy, you won't answer it. You'll let it go to voicemail or you'll let it go to your answering machine, whatever you have going on. Uh, but I know for my millennials, they consider it rude. What do they need? They need me to text them first. And I always say, hi, this is Janine. I'd love to follow up with you about XYZ PDQ from our last conversation. Do you have seven minutes? And I'm very weird that way. I don't say five. I don't say 15. I'll say seven or 12 or 18. It depends if how long I know that it's going to take for me to share something with somebody and get their feedback. And so I'll use a weird number and they're like wow you're pretty specific and i'm like your time is valuable so is mine i'm not going to treat you well ill ill right i'm going to treat you very well and so the thing is now when you say that and they say sure i've got time or they ask you to postpone it or they give you some other time you honor that 18 minutes or that seven minutes i actually have a timer on my computer because i only make phone calls when i'm sitting in front of my computer yeah. and it's a timer it's got a big bomb on it and i'm watching that timer go down as we're talking and as we when we get to the point of we only have two minutes i'm like okay we only have two minutes and i either say what i want to say or i make sure that i acknowledge something that they have just said it you know it's a conversation and so with that conversation when i hit that two minute mark i'm trying to wrap it up because i want to get on the phone with them again i'm like when can i contact you again or when can we call when can i call you again so we can talk about abc that you just finished talking to me about so that is the key of follow-up is you never get off a phone call you never get off a conversation without having a, a time in place when you're going to connect again absolutely that's what i teach people too i always say don't leave a meeting without booking the next meeting so mm -hmm. um i love that and and i think people totally appreciate uh, the time thing i'm going to try that that little trick i like it a lot um and but you just said that they think it's rude when you phone them millennials right it's an invasion of privacy because you're ringing them and you could just as easily text them. So remember how millennials grew up. I learned this, actually, I was a college professor at the time and I was teaching math and science to non-majors during this period of time. So I was watching these this new generation come along that always had, uh, well, they remember the flip phones because they were in middle school when they got their first flip phone, okay? So they, that's the era we're talking about. We're talking about these kids that started hitting high school at around 2003, 2007. Okay, so that's the time Span. And so these kids were used to texting. They, they got used to it and they liked it because they could respond when they wanted to. Whereas a phone is in their mind highly invasive. It rings on a landline. You're, you're reaching out to them when you haven't even asked to figure out if they're even present or available yet. 
right? And so it, it's just a mindset that they had because mm -hmm. they grew up with, in middle school, having a flip phone. Mm -hmm. And then they moved into smartphones by the time they hit college. And so they were the ones that would say to me, oh, my, Mrs. Bullen, can you please not leave me a voicemail? And I'm like, sure, why? They're like, just text me because it took longer for them to cue into the voicemail system, listen to the voicemail, write down the number, and they were just like, oh, I cannot be bothered. This is ridiculously old tech, right? Whereas if you just text me, no problem. So as soon as the voice texting feature came on to my smartphone, I was celebrating because I can talk faster than I can text with my two thumbs. So if you're like me, then get on that voice texting feature, hit that microphone and talk your text. And of course, it gets really funny when autocorrect decides to tell you that it knows better than you what you're saying, but that just makes for a lot of fun when it comes to texting. So that was their mindset. And I, like I said, I was talking to college students and we had such good relationships. They, would, they were very open about why they thought it was invasive and it's just such old tech and you're not being as efficient as you could be with both of our time. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and it's always interesting that we have to um, we have to do things their way, whoever they are, because that's who we're, you know, that's who we're we're um, doing business with. Um, your nurture your business, the subtitle of your book is nurture your business in just four hours a week. So talk to me about that. Okay, well, before we can talk about nurturing your business, we have to make something pretty clear. And the only reason I bring this up is because I was a mental midget and did not get this for so long that I want to share with you guys that I was in business for a while before I understood what on earth is the difference between working in your business versus working on your business. Mm -hmm. Now, we hear that all the time. Now, look, I heard this for 12 years before I ever really dug into the meaning because we, in the era that we live in and with all of the information that's coming at us. I just heard so many catchphrases and it was, everybody was saying the same thing, but they had their little pet catchphrase. And I thought, oh my God, this is just another one of those. And I ignored it for years. So I wanted to let you know, working on your business versus working in your business. So working in your business, if you are belonging to some sort of a MLM or you're part of a network marketing company, or you run your own company, when you're working in your business, that is when you're doing what makes you uh, have an income. So like if you're on a meeting and that person is paying you for your time, that's working in the business. Working on your business is how you get the next client. How do you get the next income? You're bringing new clients into your field of influence. So that's working on your business. And this is how you set up continual income because you're always having new clients walk through the door. You're always having new people in your life. And that's something that can happen, especially if you're a solopreneur and you're a single person sitting in your home office or your bedroom or your dining room table trying to build a business for yourself. It can get very lonely and you don't know, how do I get to meet new people? And of course, with the shutdown in 2020, that really taught us, boy, I got to get good at this Zoom thing, or I got to get good at Skype, or all of a sudden I'm FaceTiming in ways I never had, and I didn't even know there was such a thing as WhatsApp. Don't even get me started on Marco Polo. Okay, I could list a lot of apps, but like we started living through our 
apps, we started living through the telescreens. Uh, if those of you remember 1984 and George Orwell, <laughs> there we are, right? You know, <laughs> we're in that era. So anyway, so that's a little fun for those of you that like to read. Um, but so the Nurturing your, your Business in Four Hours a Week is about meeting new people, become, making sure you have a really solid relationship with them. And at some point, you're going to be that person they think about when they want to hire a person who is a graphic designer, because you're one of the few graphic designers that continually is in their face. <laughs> and I say that as uh, it feels like we're in their face all the time, but you have a monthly phone call with them, or you, you are in touch with them three times a week, uh, three times a year or four times a year, you're constantly in their face. And they try to get you thinking that you have to do this through email. Well, I don't know about you, but there are certain times where that email sequence is a drudgery for me to get through. I know you're trying to help me understand who you are, but you don't even know who I am. So why should I spend the time getting to know you? Now, it is important as a business owner to have an email list. And yes, a welcome sequence is also important. So however, we are talking about relationship marketing. We're talking about building relationships with our business. So if somebody buys a product from us and we say, hey, I also have a newsletter list that will get you, you know, coupon codes or I can help discount my services, what have you, then you get that permission. Then there's a whole philosophy for that but we're trying to get more clients to you. And email marketing works fabulous when you have a list that is responsive to that. And there's a whole psychology on that. So it's much easier for people to get on Zoom one-on-one -on -one with people than it is to try to write an email that's going to be talking to thousands and yet it still sound like you're talking to a single person. So rather than focusing on strength, maybe areas that you don't have strength in, you do have strength when it comes to getting to know people. And I have yet to find an entrepreneur or a business owner who says, oh, it's just business, you know, that they differentiate what's business versus what is personal. Because in my business, my clients are highly personal. I'm talking about their money, <laughs> okay? We are helping them get out of debt and we're moving them into a life where they finally have uh, savings accounts. They're actually investing in 401ks or 529 plans, right? Stuff like that. So, I have to be very intimate with my people and they become my friends. And this is another thing as a business owner. I don't work with somebody if I don't think they're friendship material. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if, I, if I wouldn't want to be their friend, they don't become my client. And people are like, oh, it must be nice to live a life that way. And I'm like, no, I set my life up and I made decisions early on on the type of clients I would accept and who I wouldn't. And I left it up to the universe or the great is or God or whatever you want to say to help me filter through people until I had high quality people that were not going to waste my time because I was not going to be wasting theirs. Yeah. Again, all great um, points to, to take. Um, I think I thought originally that your four hours uh, a week working on your business was more about the actual, you know, uh, planning your next course or or doing the next video series or whatever. But in in what I'm hearing, it's just music to my ears. It's about prospecting in a way. It's about being, um, it's networking. It's networking and being out there so that your name gets known by more people so that you get to meet new people and make new connections. And I find that um, 
that's what's started. It takes a while, but it started to um, feel like that's how my LinkedIn business is working now. And, you know, it's from referrals. There's no better way to grow your business than from referrals. And those referrals come from being in front of more and more people and um, but not just being in front of them, like you said, befriending them in a way, you know, making sure that they know, like, and trust you, because then they will definitely, you know, um, introduce you to people in their, in their circle. And I find that when, when people ask me about, um, you know, who do I know, I have to make sure that that new person that asks me is worthy of me, my introduction. Do you find that like my, I hold my people close to me. I want to make sure that I connect the right people. Right. I, there are wonderful people who do tremendous amounts of coaching on how to set up a referral business, how to have quality referrals and what we can do for your show notes is I will put those people down in the show notes where people can go and they're people that I trust. Okay. So I trust these people. I've had them on my show, that kind of thing. And so I'll send a list to Janice so that you guys know that, but I'd like to back up a little bit because sometimes we skim over the basics and we get so wrapped up into the next level up. And I want to make sure that your people are where they need to be in the basics. No, like and trust that is a slogan that is something that we hear a lot about we bandy about i'm guilty okay raising my hand here i'm just as guilty about it. people have to know like and trust you so what does that mean for a business owner number one no people have to know you exist okay mm -hmm. so part of the four hour a week system is you can call it prospecting but you're not prospecting if people don't know you right so there are things that you need to do one hour a week where that is prospecting and that is you're reaching out to people so that they get to know you now if you do that through a referral system or a network that's wonderful but it doesn't start that way does it janice you have to build a little bit before you get referrals and so the best way to do that is to offer to teach so when people offer you an opportunity like this to come on a podcast program or something make sure you have something you can teach not to sell but to just just teach and as teachers you and i both being that um that's the easiest thing in the world for us oh you want me to teach you something i got three ways that you do this or i got five reasons why people have bankruptcy it's like i have more programs running in my head right now on the things i could teach you than i have a skill at being able to sell you make sense so yeah, go with with what your strength is which is you're a really good teacher and i don't care who they are what you need to teach on though is things that you're passionate about that you've learned something and as i tell people look I've been teaching the finance game and the debt-free living game for over 30 years. Why is that? Well, because I know personally, I can cut seven years off your learning curve and save you $20,000. Well, that gets people's attention real fast, right? And that's what I say to a solopreneur. I can shave five years off your growth phase by teaching you the four hour week system. Or you could just read my book and implement it, whatever it is, if you're a do it yourself or you know, buy my book, I have it next to free. I think it's like five bucks on Amazon because I want as many people out there growing their business. Why? Because small business is what's gonna save America no matter what the economic environment. As long as we have business working, Thomas Jefferson said there were two things that make this country great and that is farmers and entrepreneurs he says as long as we have an agricultural spirit and as long as we have business 
growing in this country, entrepreneurship, as long as we don't throttle back on either of those, this country will do just fine. Thank you very much. So he really supported that. And most people know Thomas Jefferson was quite the gardener. And so that's why on the front cover of my book, I have nothing but gardening metaphors because it takes time. You cannot demand a relationship to move faster than it wants to. And you cannot use force. You can only nurture, foster, and grow. You are a teacher. There is no question. There is no question. So <laughs> I know. You, it's you, in the blood. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. So you have four podcast programs that, that you um, produce. You produce, you have, you produce them, your company, right? And you right, my company on them. Tell me I was what, the host. Yeah. Tell me what the, are there four different um, podcasts are? Okay. Yes. Well, there's some information that, uh, now this is not Janice's fault. This all happened within the last four weeks. So my media kit hasn't caught up. Uh, when Janice and I were going to record this, she booked many, many weeks ago. So just for her information and yours, that uh, my podcast got syndicated. I am now right. being broadcast on two radio stations. And so we are now a radio show. So we took all four podcasts and we we migrated all of those onto the Janine Boland show. So if you want to learn more about us and those podcasts, that you can go to the JanineBolandShow.com. And there you will find buttons to Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the other 42 platforms <laughs> that you can find our podcast. Um, and what we do is we migrate it all four. So we, originally we had three-minute money tips. We had the Thriving Solopreneur Show. We had the Writer's Hour, Creative Conversations, and we had the Practical Mystic Show. And we took all four of those elements and moved it into the Janine Boland variety, kind of variety show where we could talk about how to save yourself money, how to save time, how to save your knowledge, and how to save your sanity. So those, those four programs all went into a one-hour show. And sometimes the whole show is based on guests that I've run into who I think help in one of those four areas. Okay, because you're right. When we first talked, it was just happening. And, um, and so, so now, when, so have you changed your, uh, or are you in the process of changing your website then too, right? So that those titles are different now, that's all one. And so um, do people still apply to be on your show? Oh, constantly. We still have people that want to be our guest because we have quite the pipeline of folks that we move through. And one of the things was you have to have a media kit to be on one of our shows. And there's a reason for that because we have seven teams that help with pre and post production because we have a lot of stuff happening. And there are over eight different websites where we're broadcasting to. Uh, and that's just the website. That's not the platforms where you can get a an app that will also play us uh, as well. So we have a lot of people working. And so when you say, so do you have it all under one yet? I'm like, sweetheart, that's not gonna happen until January because I had seven different teams of people and we're all trying to make sure that whatever we're doing as far as migrating all this content into that one area, that we don't lose anybody or anything as we make that migration. So you can go to the JanineBolandShow.com and that's where you can find everything that you will need to not only become a guest, we'd love to have you as a guest, but you will also then uh, be able to see, gosh, I think we're over, uh, I think we're at the 300 mark of all the shows when we migrated them over into one platform. So that's the best way to get a hold of us. 
Okay, that's and that'll all be in the show notes too. So that's great. Yes, um, I haven't been going as long as you, but I love doing podcasting. And um, as a podcast guest, because you have guests all the time on your show, um, what would you say were the top three things you should bring to the table as a guest? Okay, well, thank you. You're allowing me to say something. I wrote a book because I got so frustrated. Like I said, I've done over almost 300 shows, I think. I'll have to go look at the numbers again. But we're, almost, we're approaching the, the 300 show mark, and we've, been, we've had six seasons. And so one of the things that got, I got very frustrated by was the fact that people did not have media kits. So I wrote a book called Author Podcasting, How to Be a Standout Guest, and take your book on a virtual tour. Now, I totally catered it to authors because I have currently, as of this recording, I've written 11 books, all right? I know that Jana said nine, but I've written a lot since then. So we have a couple more books out. Um, and I write in four different genres. And so I wanted to help authors get better at marketing because many of them are highly introverted, insanely shy, and to ask them to get on a podcast and to take their book on a virtual tour was really challenging for them. So that is what I recommend is that you go to authorpodcasting.com and get a free copy of my book. I actually, it's for free because, and then if you read the book, you'll get the free media kit course instead of having to pay the 197 bucks. So another little bonus for your listeners huh. there. Um, and that link will be in the show notes as well. I'll make sure that Janice gets it so that you get the free media kit link. I want to make sure you do that. Okay. But what are the top three things? Number one, I would like you to have a media kit and I want you to do it my way. As a podcast host, I have so many teams working with me and the way, the best way to do that for us or uh, some other people I've talked to is put it on Google Drive and make sure it's a Google document that mm -hmm. is shareable and editable mm -hmm. so that my teams can access the images and all the content and the hyperlinks because we have 27 different thumbnails we have to create once we have you as a guest. And so that's yet another area of our work. So, but we are pretty what we call a, a type A podcaster, which means we have tens to hundreds of thousands of listeners. But if you are somebody who you have hundreds to thousands of listeners, that's type B podcasting. And then type C is the, the hobbyist who's just doing the podcast because they enjoy it and it's fun and they're not really looking to grow, they're just having fun. And believe it or not, I will still talk to all three levels. I do not care. The fact that you're asking me on your podcast is an honor and I will bring my A game no matter what. But as a guest, the first one is have a media kit. The second one is supply your podcaster with questions, questions that they can ask you. So they have an idea about where you want to go, what you want to talk about, because it's not their job to learn your message. It's your job to share the content you want to share. And the third best thing is never sell on a podcast. Always teach, 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 teach. You want to give great content because I want nothing better than Janice Porter to have the world's best podcast. And I know I'm just one piece of that excellent podcast. I looked over the show notes and I've seen the number of guests that she's had and the people that she's brought on and it's an honor to be here and I want to make her look good as possible because not only is she running a business and a podcast but she has information that is just as valuable as I and so you want to make it a two-way street so number one have a media kit 
Uh, number two, understand what level you're operating at when it comes to that. Give the podcast uh, podcaster some questions. And then the third one is honor your podcaster. Make sure that you take care of the podcaster and realize if you think you're nervous, so is the podcaster because they don't know what's going to happen. They're totally out of control, really, because they don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. So if you give them questions, <laughs> it calms them down a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you are an amazing guest, and I so appreciate the time that you've spent with me. Thank you so much. I don't want to overstate my welcome with you, but I would like to ask you one um, one last question. And I mean, you've already given so much value. And I appreciate that. What would your best, you know, I'm all about relationship building and relationship marketing. And you mentioned that earlier. I know that you're about building solid relationships with people. And so what would your, your best advice be for someone who is, you know, in, they're not just starting They're They've been working their business for a while, but they're looking to take it to the next level or they they're looking for that one, you know, little magic addition um the fairy dust what would you what would you uh say to them uh for those individuals that you've been in business for a while you have a, a nice solid clientele and you're just wanting to increase that clientele figure out what people you want to bring into your world that you may not have right now this is not about going after them for their money this is about what do you want to learn from these people? So one of the things I started doing when we had the shutdown was I started singing happy birthday to people. Why do, am I an excellent singer? Absolutely not. I've been told that I can't carry a tune in a bucket. However, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to have the birthday party that I was looking forward to having that year. And it's because I have so much fun at parties that my friends will tell you, I use my birthday as an excuse to gather us all together, have a party, laugh, giggle, goof off, have a great time. That was not going to happen. So I wanted to bring the party to other people. So I got on Facebook and every time Facebook let me know whose birthdays were coming up, I refused to write on their wall. I went to Messenger and I sang happy birthday to each and every person that I had as a Facebook person. And then I said, I want to send you a card in the mail because we're all stuck in our houses may i have your house your house address and i'll send you a birthday card and um my business tripled in three months because of that now it was exacerbated because of the shutdown so i know that this you know this may not be a what we call a repeatable event uh in science However, you can duplicate it by following your nose, is what I like to say. <laughs> what is it that you enjoy doing? Do you enjoy rock climbing? Get to know the professional rock climbers in your area and talk to them. And you're like, but my business has nothing to do with rock climbing. I'm like, well, it's amazing how synergistic two disparate businesses can actually become. And like, I had one guy that was telling me, okay, listen, lady, I do wood floors, okay? And then he started showing me pictures about the wood floors he's taken care of. I ended up having him on my show just because the man was a freaking craftsman. I saw some of these wood floors that he was going in and renovating the houses. And I'm like, how did you do that and save that flooring? Because some of it was antique wood. And of course, during the shutdown, were the mills running? No, this guy had to get creative to figure out how to take care of these wood floors. So you never know. And, and he was like blown, blown away that I wrote an article about him and I got him on our Thriving Solopreneur show and all that kind of stuff. Ended up getting his business started growing more to where he's like, Janine, can you take my show off the air? 
I can't take on any more clients. So you just never know where it's going. He was maxed out. Yeah. So anyhow, that's, those are some of the things that um, you just don't know, but follow your nose, right? I had him on my show. Why? Because I just loved what he did. I, I wasn't looking for any sense of return. And you, you hear this all the time, but it does work. Yeah. Follow your nose about what you're excited about. What are you bringing to you that is super excited? And if you're like, Janine, I, I just can't. I'm overwhelmed with my job. It's time for you to take a nap because <laughs> you need to get some rest because you are in decision fatigue and you need to figure out about what you need to do as far as getting systems in place and automate everything you possibly can and stop being the only person working uh, in your business. So that's the next thing I'd offer people is uh, you want to rise to the next level, hire a virtual assistant. And if you need help doing that, there are books I can send you that are on point that guides you to the perfect virtual assistant. I'm hoping that I'll be able to have you come back to my uh, podcast again, because you are just such a wealth of information. And I so appreciate all of the things that you've shared. There's lessons in all of them. When I go back, I'm going to be writing notes and listen when I listen to it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show and uh, to my audience. Thank you for listening. And I'm sure that you need to check some of those things in the show notes for sure. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, please subscribe, please um, connect with me, connect with Janine and uh, check out all of the things that she does. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.